Joining me right now is UFC featherweight Jordan Ronaldi. What's going on, Jordan? Not much, man. Living the dream. Perfect. Uh, let's go back to your last fight, your win <coughs> against Jason Knight at UFC 230. Re immediately after you fought him, you said during an interview that you felt it was boring. Did you get a chance to watch the fight again? And what are your thoughts afterwards? So, yeah, I got to watch it again. And I was... I said it was boring not because there wasn't action. I mean, if you understand jiu-jitsu and, and wrestling and grappling, it, it wasn't that boring. But when you have the back for nearly eight, nine minutes, whatever I had it, I should be able to finish the fight there. And, and it was frustrating not to. And I, I felt like it was boring to at least casual fans and even some regular fans, you know, maybe a little more uh, skilled that I, I think it could have been pretty boring for them. Alright, it was your first fight at featherweight in the UFC. What differences did you feel inside the cage compared to your first three fights at lightweight? Um, I was just more comfortable, bigger. But the, the big thing was because I worked with the nutritionist and the Performance Institute, they had my uh, diet dialed in so well. They had me performing at such a high level. They they Not only my nutrition and weight loss, but then... Uh, just how to train properly, timing everything. It worked out really well, so I was I was really happy with it. Sorry, overall that uh, they were they helped me out and and really helped me peak for the fight. So it it seemed to work out really well. You also mentioned Ryan Hall helped you in your last camp. He recently yeah. submitted BJ Penn. You know, who is known for his submission game, his jiu-jitsu. How was it yep. training on the ground with uh, Ryan Hall? It was great. I actually went up there uh, to be the striking guy for him to, to mimic Penn a little bit. And it's phenomenal. Whenever I am up there, you know, there's levels to this stuff. And, and he's many multiples above me, So uh, especially on the ground. So it's, it's quite impressive when... Uh, not only do you get to train with those people, but they actually ask you, hey, can you come and train? So uh, I learn a ton every time. Even when he's not trying to help me, he does. And then I also get to measure myself since dropping back down to featherweight, you know, see where I'm at, uh, see what other people are relative to me also. So it's it's pretty cool to be able to train with that guy. You seem to be elevating your skill level every time out. What do you believe you have improved on most since joining the UFC? Oh, man, that's a good one. Um, probably my strength and conditioning. So before I signed with the UFC, I had been with my strength and conditioning coach for about a year, I believe, maybe two. But we were still trying to figure out and navigate the best ways to condition my body in particular. So over the last you know, two, three years, we've really been able to hone that in. And, and now it's almost like a, we do have like a set program every fight now. So it's, it's pretty cool to see the progression where I died in the able fight. And then this last fight with Jason, it was a breeze, you know? So, uh, I think that's been the biggest achievement, but I mean, people don't see the, the striking improvements and the wrestling improvements. And, and my, my, performances haven't all been great so it it really looks like ebbs and flows you know it's not it's not great so I don't get to show that as often 
or I don't get to showcase my, uh, skills and the improvements that I've made. So it's hard to see if that makes sense. Well, I think to the average fan, if you're not finishing the fight, that they don't see any improvement or they don't want to acknowledge any improvement, don't you think? And the, and, and that's the casual fans. And, and you know, I, I enjoy that they pay money to watch this fight, but I really enjoy the people who know the intricacies of striking and takedowns and, and meshing them together, that gray area. And, and those are the people who, once you sit down and talk to them, you can tell, hey, he knows what he's talking about. He understands this isn't just, hey, let's go out there and brawl. This is an actual art. This is me trying to figure out the best ways to hit and not get hit. So uh, the casual fans, thank you, but uh, I'm here to, to get better and, and do better myself. And I am working on those finishes more, and hopefully we'll see one on March 16th. Speaking of March 16th, UFC London, you're facing a young kid, Arnold Allen. On paper, how do you assess him? On paper, he's... He's good. He's uh, got good striking. He's tough. Great record. Um, he trains at TriStar. I mean, you can't get much better than all this. He's been uh, boxing for a long time, and he's really involved or evolved into a kickboxer as well. His wrestling is pretty darn good for being a kickboxer or striker. Um, watching his tapes, he's pretty athletic, really athletic, actually, and great hips so he has a lot of good qualities to him for sure did you have any hesitation to take this fight since he is prone to injury and pulling out of fights he hasn't fought very much for how long he's been in the ufc that's true and and for sure my wife actually looked him up and saw that he had pulled out from multiple fights and was like if we're going to invest money to go to england and everything that's a lot of money because just to fly my two extra corners over there that's a good chunk of change, and, and to commit to something like this is a big deal. But, I mean, all of us go through injuries, and it's unfortunate that he's had so many and, and has been on the shelf for so long. But, you know, he's a young kid. He bounces back well. So I think he's – I was nervous, but we said it was a better risk uh, or better reward to the risk, you know. Inactivity, you know, a lot of people feel that it is a big burden for a fighter at the highest level in which the UFC is the highest level. Do you feel the same way? Sure, I mean, it's a burden, but it's part of the game. And and I don't, I'm lucky that I don't have any financial issues. My wife has a great job. Uh, she supports me and, and what we make or what I make in the UFC is really just bonus. But, uh... The inactivity, I mean, I'm getting older. I'm 31. I'll be 32 this year. Time ticks by, and especially in the sport, it, it goes by quick. So uh, with the amount of money we make and everything, we, you want to be as busy as possible. And, and especially with uh, weight cuts and everything, you want to just stay in shape and as busy as possible. So the the big thing is if you win – they'll keep you going. They'll, they'll try to, to turn it around real quick, and I've noticed that generally. But if you lose and go back and forth like I've been doing, I, I can't expect them to sign me for a fight you know, a month or two after. It's just not realistic. And I understand their side and my side, and so it's just how the game is, and, and it's what we have to deal with for now. For this upcoming fight at UFC London, when did you start your camp, and how has camp been going? I think I started at seven weeks out, so six or seven weeks out, but 
um, so I don't know the date, but um, <laughs> it's been it's been going great. Uh, the best shape of my life by far. Um, it, like I said earlier, the the conditioning is just fantastic. Before I even came up here from Atlanta, I was training in Atlanta with all those studs down there, and and there's no other way except to be in shape around them, or you're just going to get murdered all the time. So, so it's been uh, really good. I have great training partners all the time uh, working with me, great coaches, and unfortunately, I, I hurt one of my main training partners about a week ago, which I feel really bad for, but it, that's part of the game as well. After your last fight, did you come out of it injury-free, and did you continue to train, or did you take a little break? I came out injury-free. I mean, I didn't really take anything. He kicked me hard one time in the first round, and it was brutal. But, um, yeah, I was injury-free. And generally, I take about a week off, uh, spend some time with the wife, get a little fat, have some Oreos. And then after that, I get right back to it. I mean, I'm a workhorse. Uh, I enjoy being in the gym. I want to improve. I did, you know, back off of the cardio and the sprint work. But... I really focused on the technical side, the striking and the submissions and, and grappling and wrestling. So uh, off camp, you I pull back on the, the strength and conditioning and then really focus on technical side. You live in Atlanta, but you go to Charlotte with Team Rock, isolate mm-hmm. yourself. What are the mm-hmm. reasons for that? Well, my wife has a job in Atlanta, so that's why I live there. And to be honest, the training is just so, so good there. I mean, it's 6 million versus 1 million in Charlotte, you know. So just the numbers game, there's there's a lot of talent down there. And I've been lucky enough to find uh, Christian brothers at ATT Gwinnett who, who have the same uh, mindset as I do, who who are brothers in Christ with me, who, who have the same kind of ideals and, and work ethics. So that worked out really well. But uh, when I get to come back to Charlotte, it's it's me time. It's uh, my gym is a smaller gym, and they really take care of me and and treat me really well and figure out how to to make me the most successful. So uh, I'm it's a blessing to have them on or to be under them for sure. Also, well, it sounds like a perfect combination. Like when you're out of camp, you you're in Atlanta, you kind of improve your skill set, and when you're in camp, you go to isolate yourself and kind of game plan and zone in and that's exactly what it is i mean i get the best of both worlds i'm i'm really blessed with the situation that i'm in and and i can't ask for much more i saw you got uh in some work with cowboy cerrone at 50 50 in dc how did that come together it was wild uh one of my teammates was fighting on one of his uh amateur cards and so we were at the weigh-ins and uh, we started talking a little bit and then we said we were, her, he asked us what we were doing tonight, and I said, I'm going to go train at 7 o'clock. I need to train. And he said, 7. Okay. Where at? And I told him down at 50-50, not too far from here. He was like, I'll be there. And, I mean, it's Cowboy. It was a week or two after his fight. I wasn't expecting him at all. And he had had a few drinks, not not anything crazy. But sure enough, I get to 50-50, and the, her, the lady at the front desk she was like, hey, I didn't expect you to come in, but I also just got off the phone with Donald Cerrone. I was like, 
oh man, he's really coming in. So he showed up. It was it was a riot, you know. It was pretty cool and very nice guy, uh, fun to train with, and and hopefully I'll get to do it again sometime. Ryan wasn't there though, which was the weird thing because he was supposed to be there. I, I asked them to if I could come and train there uh, that weekend, but he got called out to Colorado or somewhere. I forgot where it was. So when I posted that picture, he was like, man, I wish I was there. At, in the featherweight division, there's a lot of movement at the top. Recently, they announced that Max Holloway, the, the, the champion, he's going to move up and take mm -hmm. on Dustin Poirier for the interim title, the lightweight interim title. Um, what are your thoughts on this matchup? The Poirier-Holloway matchup? Yes. They've already fought one time. Did Poirier win that one? I think yes, it was a I striking so. battle, but Poirier won. It's a tough fight. I don't know why Max is doing it, really. I think there's other competitors at Featherweight that are, are knocking on the door for sure. Um, but Max has been on a high, you know. He's been, he's been racking up the wins and... We'll see who has the, the most momentum going in there. Poirier, I think he just beat, who was it, Gaethje last? Or, I'm not sure, but, I mean, he's put on a nice streak for sure, but Max is too, and, and it's pretty cool. It's interesting. I'll, I'm intrigued if Dustin will try to take it to the ground at all. I think he would have an advantage there, but we'll see. Uh, I, I haven't seen him look for takedowns lately, so uh, we'll see if that, that comes into his game plan at all. Yeah, I think it's interesting because both guys did fight at featherweight. Well, Max is a champion. Dustin did mm -hmm. fight at featherweight. But he moved up, became very successful at lightweight. And then mm -hmm. on top of that, like you mentioned, Dustin beat Max. I think that was his last loss. Or maybe McGregor was his last loss. But one of his losses at featherweight. So I think the mm -hmm. UFC sees that and they're just putting this together as a you know an exciting matchup. I'm excited for it. How about you? It's definitely an exciting matchup uh, because both like to bang. It just, I'm not sure if it makes sense for the featherweight division right now. It, it holds up a lot of stuff. And so, I mean, this weekend when you have uh, Zabit Magomed Sharapov fighting and he's an absolute killer uh, against Jeremy Stevens. You have Jose who just had a great win. Um, there's There's a lot of contenders up there and it's not like when George was in charge of the welterweight division where he cleared out everyone very clearly and moved up, it's it's like Max has won a lot of good fights and, and on a great streak. However, there are still plenty of, of people for him to work with at featherweight. So we'll see. And we'll see if he decides to put on weight to go to 155 because then how much weight can he put on without returning to featherweight, you know, so... Uh, there's a lot of interesting things. McGregor put on probably too much muscle to ever come back down to featherweight. So uh, hopefully Max doesn't do that. All right, your fight coming up, UFC London. How do you see this fight going down? <laughs> well, I can't tell you the game plan or anything. Yeah. <laughs> but I think uh, I think people will actually see my striking and and not think of me only as a wrestler and jiu-jitsu player they'll say hey this guy's got some pretty good striking as well so uh i think it's going to be a lot of stand-up battle and a lot of cage battle and uh if it goes to the ground i think that's uh my wheelhouse if it stays striking at a distance that's probably his wheelhouse 
And then the gray areas is where we're going to really see who uh, the best artist is, I guess. All right, one last thing before I let you go. A lot of fighters during training camp, they have like a theme song. Do you have a theme song for this camp? Or are there any artists that you can rep recommend to the listeners of the show? Well, most of the stuff that I listen to is Christian um, worship music. So I listen to a lot of Jeremy Camp, uh, Lauren Daigle, uh, Need to Breathe, which I'm sure a lot of her, most people don't know who any of these guys are. Um, we are messengers. There's just a lot of them, and it's it's all about my this whole fight career isn't about me. It's not about my glory. It's about glorifying him. It's about being able to get on the mic after a fight and say, you know, Jesus is the Lord, and and please come to him. He wants to know you. And, and that's what my whole career is about. And uh, those are the type of songs that, that really actually get me jacked. Even if they're slow, I like the faster ones, but even if they're slow, the message is, is really clear and it. It tells me, hey, this isn't, uh, my fighting isn't my identity. It's just an avenue to, to reach more people for Christ. And, and that idea just gets me really jacked up. So uh, if any of the listeners want to hear some good Christian stuff, Check those guys out. All right. March 16th, UFC London. Jordan, Jordan Rinaldi continues his featherweight campaign against Arnold Allen. Thank you for your time, Jordan, and good luck to you. Thank you, John. Appreciate it.